to him who loved us and washed us from our sins by his blood and made us kings and priests to God the Father, to him be all glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And that truth about our weakness and his strength is indeed in the final section from 2 Corinthians we're hearing at the start now halfway through summer the text is 2 Corinthians 12 in, in Christ's name we are at the conclusion indeed of a, a little sermon series titled life in this Pentecostal church and for what about five weeks now four weeks I have explained that one last time quickly. Yes, we are a Lutheran church, but I want to reclaim that word. I don't think it's used in all its depth. Pentecostal, it doesn't just mean people who speak in tongues in their worship and other things. It means everything about the, the Pentecost spirit. We celebrated a month ago that feast. Everything about the spirit is ours too in this church. And indeed, at the start of each little sermon, I've mentioned other words that we should recapture, I, I think, and reclaim. I don't know if we'll change the world or not, but I started with one somewhat incidental, but I think very practical. We have altered things to call this day part of the week end, and it's not, it's the week start. More seriously, I talked about the definition of marriage and how it's changed in our society. What we call that baby, that human, in the mother's womb or someone maybe not conscious at, at this life's end. I mentioned also some liturgical terms. We call this a worship service, sometimes forgetting that the main service here is God's. It's not what we offer him, it's what he brings to us through his word and sacraments and then our response to that grace. Today, one other I was planning to use, wasn't sure until I heard it used Tuesday night. I'll get a little announcement in here now in the sermon. We are looking to vote on a call to a resident settled pastor again. Next Sunday is the congregational meeting, 1230 after the Ignite worship. And this is a little different kind of call, not from a call list where we have a choice, but a yes or no vote with a colloquy candidate, someone who's coming into the ministry of our church body uh, through other means, a, a Lutheran pastor in a different denomination now confessing what we do in our branch of Lutheranism. He was here Tuesday night, Reverend John Schusner, and I hope a lot of you had a chance to, to witness the interview and maybe talk with him. It was early on, I think, maybe not, where he used the word evangelical. Evangelical. 
and that word has been warped, I think. In our American culture, the word evangelical Christian means someone who's a Bible-thumping, hard-nosed, politically right. <laughs> Christian. And although we do believe the Bible, and side with many of those issues like the sanctity of human life and the definition of marriage, etc., that some on the right believe. Evangelical doesn't mean that. It's from the word gospel, euangelion. It means gospel-centered, good news-centered proclaiming. You know the official name of this congregation? Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church. We are a gospel-centered, gospel-proclaiming Lutheran church. We, above all, want to share amongst us and out the, the good news. Everything else, all those other things serve that purpose. Maybe convicting hearts in repentance, we hope but so that people hear the gospel, that Jesus Christ did it all by his perfect life and perfect atoning death, risen from the dead, total gift for every sinner here and every sinner out there. Life forever with God, cancellation of that guilt, and an answer for all these world's problems. That's evangelical. I've reclaimed it here today in part. I hope you do too. But in this Pentecostal church, we've seen so many things about the Spirit, how the Spirit gives us faith beyond what we can see with our eyes or even feel in our hearts or know in our minds sometimes. How the Spirit indeed raises prayers for us, groans with the guarantee of, of His Word. How the Spirit works in us ministry with with, with marks that may surprise people, suffering and pain. And last week we talked about the Spirit's work, giving, giving, the gift of giving, our service to God, even our material offerings are a gift from God. Today on the basis of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we have, again, a little alliteration. The perspective for power. Maybe a summary of sorts. Reiterating some of those same messages from earlier. That to see all this work. There's a certain perspective needed. And really there can be only two perspectives. God's or not God's. The Apostle Paul here emphasizes yeah, he could look from his own perspective pretending almost, feigning to, to boast at the start. I don't know if you caught that. Mike read it so well. As Paul begins in the ESV, as Mike read, I, I must go on boasting, tongue-in-cheek, 
basically. Paul did, did that in the previous chapter, even in chapter 10. He did it in Philippians chapter 3. Yeah, if you want to look at things from a human perspective, here's Philippians 3. He says, if, if anyone has confidence in the flesh, I have more, he says, tongue-in-cheek. I was circumcised on the eighth day. A lot of his fellow Jews were not as commanded by God. Hey, people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, most Jews didn't even know their own tribe. A Hebrew of Hebrews as to the law, a Pharisee, zeal, outwardly from a human perspective. Yeah, he, he, he could brag. And he, even after his conversion, he talks here. Did you notice in the third person, I, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. And he goes on to say, saw visions, heard things no others did. That timeline works really well with Paul's life. <laughs> And the revelations he was granted as he became an apostle. Almost all scholars think he's talking about himself there. But using a little device to say, am I boasting here? Am I boasting? Am I boasting about these human things? Even things from God. About what do you boast? I showed this cartoon a couple of weeks ago. Kids, it's Spongebob if you can see it. And it shows the quote at the bottom we have later. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. And SpongeBob is the thorn in the flesh saying, hey Paul, what are you doing? Writing another letter, Paul? Hey Paul, what are you doing? Writing another letter? We don't think that was his thorn in the flesh, of course. I will do a little bit of a Bible study here today. There are some good guesses. Paul in Galatians takes the pen in hand from his scribe and says, see what large letters I write with my own hand. Some people thought he had eyesight problem and that's why he needed Luke, the physician with him, maybe to lead him around. But even more, people think he may have had some physical appearance difference, if not an offensive bodily thing. It's in this letter, First or Second Corinthians, chapter ten, verse ten. He says the people are saying about him his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak. His speech is of no account. People thought he may have had a stutter or some speech impediment. Maybe a catch-all theory could be that he had some sort of neurological challenge, epilepsy, or something like that. In any case, it was a thorn in his flesh. Why? To keep him from boasting. Yes, about all the things even God had given him. The question for you and for me is, about what do you boast? 
Is it focus your perspective on yourself? That can be dangerous spiritually, even if, if, if it's focused on yourself, the, the things of God. Many of you gathered last Wednesday here in this room to celebrate the life of our sister uh, Annalisa Burns, her life in Christ, the resurrection she has in his resurrection. I had planned in the service, and she was born in Germany to include some German in the service. And if I say so myself, if I should boast, pretty clever idea. We had Psalm 23, the entirety, in German on the screen. I, I, I told my wife beforehand I was doing it, somewhat proud of myself. But those who were here can tell you what happened later on as I tried to pronounce German, the first member of my family not to know that language. All the people that spoke German were almost laughing out loud at my attempts. And if I had not known their good hearts, it could have been humiliating. It was a weakness of mine. But that helped create the bond between us in a personal way, not knowing Annalisa much at all in this life. We came together in God's Word. And the reason I tell that story is because like the Apostle Paul, I, and I encourage you to boast, to boast in those weaknesses. I think it's the strength of our, our public ministry staff here. Yes, God is doing great things through them, through our lay leaders we install in a moment, and through all of you. But what happens most of all is that we do not gather around you know, applauding ourselves, patting our own backs. We look at our, our failures and faults and confess our sin. For some reason in the recent weeks, I've been looking at what a lot of you know, the pastor information form and, and self-evaluation tool that pastors complete for congregations. Should Trinity have a new pastor soon. Other congregations will be looking at me, and maybe already are. And, and I remembered one question on mine. I brought it with me today. It asked, what do you consider your strengths in the ministry? It's been almost 30 years that I wrote this answer, and I've never changed it, quoting 2 Corinthians, I would rather boast about my weaknesses than my strengths. I refer you to others, elders in the congregation I serve, colleagues and supervisors for opinions about my strengths. I don't know if that's good or bad or obnoxious or what, but in my heart of hearts, I felt my weaknesses need to be my proclamation. 
And yours too, that confession we do at the start of worship is the basis for everything that follows. Because this perspective gives us all God's power. Shows it, I should say, he gives it. In a most familiar verse, Paul says here, my grace, or God says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. When I am weak, Paul says, then I am strong. Then I know God's strength. It's when we confess our sins that we see the full forgiveness at the cross. It's when we pray knowing our own ineptitudes and failures that we see how God is doing everything indeed. And it is when indeed all is lost that, that we know this power perfectly. Let me ask you, when is the moment of greatest obvious weakness in any human being's life. It is what we marked last Wednesday. The end of this life. Physical death. None of us have strength to survive. But when, at least amongst us, I hope amongst all believers, is the moment we get the best glimpse of, of God's grace and perfection. Isn't it in those worship services like last Wednesday? Indeed. It is when we die that we have fully and completely perfected life in this Pentecostal church. Amen.